When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. It's Andrew Ross, host of the podcast, the automotive aftermarket industry, particularly at the service level is sometimes it's own worst enemy in the sense that, you know, we don't always talk positively about our own businesses in there. You know, it's a, it can be a hard business and, and uh, you know, it takes a lot of work and uh, sometimes uh, folks grumble. Now, one of the issues with that is in a world where we're trying to make sure that we get the right employees and build our businesses and portray our industry professionally, uh, you know, we start grumbling out loud uh, too much. Uh, and, well, you know, it, does, it, does, it doesn't put us in a good light with a lot of folks. Uh, with me today uh, is Bruce Eccles, who is the probably busiest semi-retired uh, automotive service professional, founder of uh, Eccles Auto in uh, Dundas, Ontario, one of the most uh, well-regarded service businesses in the Canadian aftermarket, for sure. Uh, and uh, he thinks we can do a better job, right, Bruce? That's right, Andrew, and uh, nice to see you. Um, Andrew, you know, one of the things that, that how can we expect uh, people to um, think of us or regard our industry as a profession when we can't do it within our, within our, own, uh, within our own peers? Um, one of the issues I see is, Often um, shop owners uh, don't have high regard to their very, the very industry that they're in. And that creates a, a problem that spins out to the consumer, spins out to potential new employees. I mean, you've got to look at the industry and say, especially in today's uh, environment, it's, it's, it's going to turn from a trade to a profession, as I've always hoped it would. And the reality of it is, if we can't speak well of our own industry, then how do we expect others? Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I think we've all heard, well, you know, they grumble about, you know, uh, paying too much taxes or it's too hard or the customers are paying or profitability isn't where it needs to be, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, how does that play out? I mean, I, I certainly, you know, I know that, you know, when, when we're uh, talking even within families, sometimes, you know, the, the owners don't even want their own family members to become involved. I know your, your son has taken over the business there. So, you know, obviously there's some positive messaging that went on over the years. Uh, I don't know if that's familial ambassadorship, if there's a term like that. Yeah. Well, the, the thing that I would, uh, which, which sort of bothers me, and I've heard this actually said was, Oh, I didn't want my kids to get into this business. It, 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 and they're basically downplaying how well they've done. And I find it ironic that often this is, this is a guy that's done quite well in business and, and quite successful, yet he still doesn't see himself as successful, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. And then he says, no, I don't want my kids to get involved. And, and I, it, I just don't understand that. It doesn't even make sense. It, if you've got something that's doing well for you, why wouldn't you want to pass that legacy on to your children and it, a lot of that, it just doesn't make sense to me and I don't understand it. And it's, again, it's that whole, it's how they regard their own industry. Can you imagine the, guy, the guy's running a successful automotive shop? He's got a beautiful home. He drives nice cars. He's, he's done really well in his life. And yet he says to his son, oh, you don't want to get into this business. Now, 
I don't understand that. I just don't understand it. Well, what do you what do you think is is behind it? I mean, I know there there's sometimes a a tendency to uh, you know hide our light, especially successful business people working in you know smaller communities. You know they they don't want to appear to be uh, living too high off the hog or something for fear, rightly or wrongly, that they might be accused of you know I don't know making too much money from the community or something. You know, uh, but but is there something? Maybe, maybe let's turn it on its head. As opposed to talking about the kind of the negative side, uh, how effectively, how do you think we can effectively message uh, to family and, and the community at large about this business and, and uh, the advantages that it uh, can offer individuals and, uh, and families? Well, you know, it is interesting. Um, if, if you look at our industry and you look at how many successful shop owners there are, and I'm very happy to say there's an awful lot of them. Um, you can, there's nothing wrong with the word profit. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with being a successful businessman. I don't know why our industry has a problem with the fact that they can make money. I mean, if a guy opens up a pizzeria or a Tim Hortons and he makes good money, no one says nothing to him about that, you know? Um, again, I think some of that's within the industry. Some of it's from maybe what's plagued the industry for a long time is there has been some maybe unscrupulous uh, tactics used on the consumer over the years that is obviously not accepted. And I would say is very rare now. I mean, really rare. Um, I think I think in general, there's a, a kind of a fear. I think there's a fear of success in a way, and there's a fear of change. And if you don't, in our industry currently, if you don't embrace change, you're in a lot of trouble because it's the only constant, as you're aware. Right. And uh, quite frankly, I personally think our industries never look better. I totally think the manufacturers have always downplayed the aftermarket. They've always looked at us as we'll call us the catfish of the industry. We'll take care of all the bottom end type stuff. Well, they're so wrong in so many ways. I think the ability for the aftermarket to come to the table and learn how to repair cars, to me, is a greater challenge and proof that we can overcome. It, like, it doesn't matter if we're talking EVs or we're talking when they took ignition points out of an automobile. We've always figured it out. We've always got through it. And guess what? Nowadays, the good thing I per personally see is there's the do-it-yourselfers are the ones that are going to be in trouble. I mean, I feel our industry is, I think it's ripe for making a good living, and uh, and I think we're going to be very busy. Uh, in fact, I know we're going to be very busy. I sort of think, Andrew, that the manufacturers are building cars quicker than they even know how to repair or at least diagnose. And I take I take great pride in knowing that the aftermarket is up for the challenge, sometimes better than the manufacturers. Right, right. Yeah, that's just some really powerful, positive messaging. Um, you know, I. I find that sometimes, uh, you know, when personally, when when I'm kind of looking at way places to get race messaging to to figure out how to talk about certain issues, that it, it's really helpful to connect with other folks in in the industry. Um, and and so, it may be kind of a bit of a tangent here. Uh, I know that you recently joined uh, an official capacity with the. Uh, uh, Automotive Aftermarket Retailers of Ontario as a vice president there. That's a, a Ontario Association for uh, essentially for for shops. Um, is is 
a group like that to be able to connect with other shops uh, and, and really sit around the table, uh, whether figuratively or, or literally, uh, listen to what other shops are saying about how they communicate to, to family and prospective employees and how they just talk about their business uh, in, in positive ways to kind of maybe get, get somebody out of that rut of, of talking, you know, kind of sideways glances about their business. Is that, is that something that, that makes sense? Oh, oh, for sure. And you know, what's interesting. Um, if you start talking to a bunch of fellow shop owners, you can relate to them as they can relate to you because our stories are all the same. You're dealing with the same kind of consumer, the same kind of day-to-day -day challenges. But the nice thing is when you join an association, that association can often be a sounding board for you or, or even look at it this way, a liaison between you and bureaucracy. Because as you know, running our business now has a lot of bureaucracy. And so let us read the mail and decide what you need to know and what you don't need to know. It's no different than if you join a like the uh, one of the technician blog type things or the um, like Identifix and all these where they have problems. You can have a management problem. You can have a staff problem. You can have a legal problem. You can have a problem. You don't know how to collect money when you when you're involved with an association. They put all they put all the answers together for you. And I, I don't understand why any shop owner would not be a member of an association if for no other reason, because I firmly believe in strength in numbers. And collectively, if there's thousands of uh, shops in Ontario, why wouldn't we all be a member of an association that can go to the, uh, the, to the government level type people and talk about mandatory safety checks and, and things that we know are required right now, yet somehow, and, and this whole thing, Andrew, even with the repair it right, right to repair, there's some that's that's actually getting some movement now but if you want to be in the know join an association where they can be as i said earlier read the mail and tell you what you need to know because if you think about this and i always use this uh analogy because if you think about it a lot of times a lot of stuff comes across your desk and what whether it's via email or hard copy uh, paper whatever and unfortunately, some of it doesn't get read. And that, I, I mean, I'm just as bad for skipping through an email. And then someone says, oh, I sent you an email. And I said, I didn't get it or I didn't see it. Well, it could either be in my junk or maybe I overlooked it. Let an association be the one that filters what you need to know. And, and the other thing, that, the way I feel about it too is, I remember when I used to take some training courses, even if they were, for example, when they brought out uh, uh, distributorless ignition, we'd take training courses at AC Delco and stuff. I often learned as much from the guys in the room as the trainer. Now, it might not have been related to the problem, what I was learning about. It might have been as simple as the guy told me about a problem he had with a customer. And then we get chatting, you know, like, truthfully, this is what an association does. It's, it's, it's a group of like-minded people that can help each other out. It's that simple. Right, right. It seems like, you know, again, I, I think about this in terms of, you know, when, when I talk to shop owners, and, and most of them are, you know, at some point, uh, and maybe still working uh, as technicians, you know, they don't usually complain to me uh, about uh, the difficulty in certain repairs. I mean, sometimes if we're talking specifically about, you know, how to solve a certain issue and, and diagnose it, mostly it's the headache stuff that, that bugs them. Right, it's it's the things you mentioned. It's the regulatory stuff. It's the the fees for this. It's the inspection for that. It's having to invest in not knowing and the not knowing which yeah. things that they need to do and how to approach it because it's the first time, yeah. usually that they've ever seen it. And and you know, 
I'm just thinking out loud here, wondering if not having the ammunition makes yep. some shop owners not feel so great about their business because it's such a headache with all this other stuff. Yeah. When if they had the resources uh, that were at hand, as you mentioned, through an association, through other groups, or through a regular kind of uh, communication with other shop owners, they'd get that guidance, get that ammunition, feel a little bit better about their ability to deal with these uh, other issues and, yeah. and uh, would seem to follow, feel better about communicating positively about the industry. Does, that, does any of that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And think about this, Andrew, it comes right full circle with what we started with. If the guy's struggling with a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of issues, he's already started, he's already, he doesn't even know he might be doing it, but he's already negatively speaking or thinking of our industry. And he could have got around that by having a 1-800 number to call and say, I got the Ministry of Labor here at my shop. What do I do? If you know what I mean. Yeah. And, uh, and, and often, it's, it's interesting what you say. It's, it's sometimes service in the automobile is not the problem. It's running a business that's the problem. And, and um, you know, over the years, there's been some great instructors. And Bob Greenwood, uh, God bless him. Um, I took many of his courses. And he was, he was very profound. And he was very ahead of his time in so many ways of thinking. And, and the bottom line is it's really hard to be a technician, mechanic, and a business owner. So you pretty much got to decide what you want to be. But imagine if, if you're sort of in between, but you need that 1-800 number to call because maybe your forte isn't in the business end, but maybe someone on the other end of that phone call can help you through something. And like I say, whether it's a legal matter, whether it's you need a, a, even a quote on your insurance because insurance has gone up dramatically in the last few years. These are the kind of things that you can get by joining an association. And as I said to you earlier, I just don't understand why people wouldn't. And it's so inexpensive compared to how much money it can save you in the end. It, it just makes no sense. I think it's that proudly independent thing that we've got to get over. You know, we can all still be proudly independent, but we can rely on each other. And I don't see there's ever a problem with that. Yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back here now. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, you're semi-retired. Uh, your son has taken over the kind of day-to-day -day on the business uh, a little while ago now. But I'm thinking, you know, over the years, uh, when you were talking to him, how did you talk to him about the business? Well, it's interesting that you should say that because there wasn't really a lot of dialogue about the actual business. It, everything sort of, we were fortunate, it fell into place. But one of the things you have to understand, since day one, since 1984, when we started, I have always spoke positively of the industry, whether it's with my family, whether it's with my peers, whether it's with my clients. And in the end, some of that is whether you call it osmosis or whatever rubs off. And, um, and we, we gave him, we, we bought another shop in town and we gave him the opportunity to run that shop uh, under the Eccles Auto Service umbrella. And that allowed him, that was a really true training ground where he was managing his own shop. And I don't mind telling you, that's a learning curve in itself and things did go wrong and there was you know it, it, with, with everything that we put up with every day staff and clients and checks that bounce type thing you know what I mean um but that was that gave that gave him the ability to say do I want to get into this and uh so as much as it's difficult at times it is extremely rewarding to you have to understand that that's there, there is something to be said about being in the trades in general is at the end of the day you do see what you've done. I mean, you got a car that gets towed in and you fixed it and you made someone happy because they can get in their car and drive to work the next day or whatever, or take the kids to daycare. The thing is you've done a good thing and we got to look at it like that. 
You know, this is this is what it's all about. You're providing a service to the consumer that it, that they have to have. And uh, anyways, I, I guess the, he just he just followed along the, the, behind the old man, sort of. You know. <laughs> sure. You know, uh, it seems very clear that what uh, shop owners and others working in the industry need to be more comfortable uh, often is being proud of what they do, being proud of what the people who work with them do in the industry, and not being shy about talking about that to, to frankly, anybody who will listen and maybe uh, when, when people aren't, aren't listening. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think as we progress into the next um, technological change in the industry, which we'll call the EV, because that's obviously the big thing that everybody's talking about now, you're going to find there's going to be more and more chatter amongst us and how we're going to ground. And, and I'm not saying it's us versus the manufacturer uh, per se, but it's always been kind of like that since day one. I mean, you can imagine what it was like in the early 1900s when the cars were rolling off the line and there was no real, nobody really knew how to fix them. They were building them. They didn't, what goes wrong with them in three years. And now we're in the same kind of, uh, we're in that same kind of mode where we got to learn as they're rolling off the production line, what we're going to do to fix them. But the interesting thing about it is I feel now it, collectively as a group, we can help each other even more. A, example being is let's just say you have an EV in your shop and it's got a, a problem that will become more apparent. We'll pick on Tesla. Maybe it's an issue with the Teslas. We know they have suspension component problems and stuff like that. Well, as a collective group, we can discuss this kind of thing. We can say, what do you do? How do you get parts? What do you do about this? Um, the other interesting thing is that people keep talking about how EVs never break down. Well, it, it, you have to understand something that's really important. They still have suspension. They still have tires. They still have brakes. They still have electrical systems. They still have filters. They still have cooling systems, but they weigh a lot more than a standard car. So now all those components, well, especially the suspension and tires are taking a hit there. There's a lot more weight on those. So will you get wear? Absolutely. And will you need to fix them? Absolutely. And will the dealers be able to fix them all? Not a chance. So this is a time collectively as a group, we all get together and say, let's take this challenge and run with it. And let's, 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 let's be successful businessmen and, and, and provide a service to the community and keep their cars on the road safe. Right, right. And tell that story uh, over and over again, right? We're, yeah. you know, I referred this to this industry uh, in a recent conversation as the get it done industry. Yeah. And, and proudly, you know, this is yeah. a, that kind of an industry. We just get it done. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it, but as I said to you earlier, when you do get to group, uh, get together with a group of peers and you get talking, how much we have in common is, is actually freaky. And you get talking to people about stories and this and that. And it's like, it's like they were at your shop. And that's what I think is so interesting. And, and that's why I think it, it, it's, it's, that's why I like the industry so much too, is because we, we, we really are collectively a group of strange uh, businessmen from the perspective is we don't really congregate too much, but when we do, and often I don't mind telling you, it might be in a holiday environment where you're having a few beers and then the guy tells you a story and you go, wait a minute, that's the same thing that happened in our shop. You know, it's just not, it, I can't speak highly enough, but I just, I just love the industry. I just love it. I think it's a great industry. I, I think we got to self-promote a lot more. That's all. We got to understand what it is and understand the service we provide and, and talk highly of it and don't underestimate how important we are. 
Yeah, I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, thanks very much for uh, joining me today on the podcast. Uh, be a good ambassador for the industry. You know, be positive. Speak positively about it and your families and your home. And and uh, if you're thinking you're maybe a little bit on your own and you're feeling a little bit down about stuff, you know, get some shop owners. You know, if you're not part of an association already, maybe join. You know, talk to some other shop owners. There's a very good chance that they're at some point along the way, they've, they've had the same thoughts and struggles that you might have had uh, in trying to get on top of your business and, and uh, figuring out where it fits in your world. Uh, it's a great industry. That's uh, why you got into it. Uh, it's, it can offer you a lot, uh, can offer your community a lot and a lot of satisfaction, uh, as well as, you know, building, uh, building, you know, a lot on the personal side too. So thanks very much for joining me, Bruce. Uh, My thanks, thanks everybody for uh, for listening to the podcast today. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll see you next time. You are listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of Chat Integrated Media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.